0: Welcome to the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm um, here today with Pascal. How are you doing, Pass? Evening, Gav. And Justin, Juz, how are we going? I'm good, good. Good. So, for the first time, really, um, I know we lost the City in the Cup, but it's the first time we've actually come on with a, uh, a bad performance to, to talk about. Um, and, I, again, I don't want to go massively too deep into it, and it's not just because we lost. It's because I think there's a lot more interesting things around it than... Than just a game. Um, but let's let's start there. Um so it had uh it had all the ingredients before we started, I guess. It was a 1230 kickoff away at Goodison where we haven't been good for a few years. A new manager bounce. Uh the pitch looked pretty awful. So going in, there was already some uh already some bad juju going on pass. It was uh I think we were all still feeling pretty confident though, right? Even with all them factors.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I... I was pretty confident, but I I just, I think this, uh, if it was a Lampard team, I would have been really confident. I I just have this, always this thing in the back of my mind when this new manager comes in, especially one like Sean Dyche with his, you know, it's a far more organized manager. He's a structured manager. Um, And uh, I, I, that did give me a little bit of apprehension. I'm not going to lie. I know it's easy to say it now, retrospectively, but um, I did have a little bit of apprehension that part. but I still thought, you know, going into it, we looked, we, we we should be okay. I never thought we'd lose, to be honest.
0: No, it, it was uh, definitely a shocker of a result. And, you know, I, I thought we actually didn't start terribly and it all seemed to go wrong to me when Saka got the finger in the eye. And we had that mm. little four minute break. And we just we just never got going after that. Just there's there was a big school of thought that Sean Dice come in and delivered a tactical masterclass. And, and I think Dice did a good job of getting them organized and straight. But it's not like there weren't spaces there. We were just so slow moving the ball, especially out wide when we had players isolated. What do you think caused that?
2: Well, I think, you know, coming from Lampard to, to Daesh, I mean, the, the organizational element of it was, I mean, I was, I was pretty impressed. They, they came out uh, faster, stronger, more committed than I expected them to. But, you know, I, I expect that from a, from a Sean Daesh team team, uh, you know, he had them set and organized. They, they uh, doubled up on our wide guys really well. Add in, um, you know Ben White still being a little off, like he has been for the past uh, what is that two, two, three games now, and then um, Zinchenko, who's great, but you know cuts cuts in the middle more as opposed to going out wide, and it was kind of a uh, a recipe for disaster there.
0: Yeah, let's 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 touch on that with Zinchenko because I think there's some interesting stuff down that left hand side that we've we've spoken about a lot, but maybe we haven't got into it deep enough. We spoke about this a long time ago that Jesus and Martinelli had a really good understanding where they would do almost a scissor motion where where Jesus would go wide and Martinelli would come inside and at that point um, Zinchenko was actually injured and we were playing Tomiatsu <laughs> at, at left back um, and it, it made it basically impossible to double up on Martinelli because he was coming inside and also because Jesus is there and Jesus as good as Eddie's been, Jesus commands a lot more respect than than Eddie does Um, pass that left-hand side just just doesn't look right at the minute how do we get that going short of Eddie purposely drifting left because interestingly our best chance of the game was probably the only time Eddie did drift left was when he drifted left he he uh he linked up with Martinelli and then pulled it back for um Odegaard who fired miles over the bar but but How can we get this left-hand side going? Because it it, it has been a problem the last few games.
1: It has. And I think um, when we talk about um, Jesus being missed, I think that was a perfect game to illustrate that. Um, Because um, the one thing Jesus does really well is dropping back and alternating his position a little bit more fluidly than uh, Enketia does. Um, And I think... um, I, I, I personally it seemed to me that, that that that's an area where we we really could have done with him at least on the bench to come on um in terms of solving it um Martinelli has been a little bit off the last few games um but how much I of that would... is
0: Martinelli being off and how much mm-hmm. of that is like like it was very very noticeable this weekend especially that Martinelli and Sakura had chalk on their boots and personally I think that was a tactical decision that Arteta got really wrong. Really wrong. It it just it didn't work. And so with with Martinelli being forced to stay left, how much are we blunting him rather than him not playing well? I uh,
1: I I I i again, you see, this was um a game that I don't wanna it's hard sometimes to read too much into it because I don't think um <clears throat> I think this was a game where we obviously underperformed. And yes, the left-hand side was one of the areas where we underperformed in, but we seem to underperformed in every area. So I I, <clears throat> I find it difficult to come up with a solution based particularly on this game, because I think the United game, yeah, maybe the left-hand side was a little bit, maybe not as used as much as the right-hand side, but I, I don't see it. Personally, I don't see it as a general issue. I see it as an issue for that particular game because I think in, 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 all over the pitch we were terrible. What I would say, though, is um, I do feel maybe Eddie drifting in a little bit more can help to connect with Martinelli. Um, putting him, maybe isolating him so far out on the left-hand side, is it can be an issue, especially against teams like the Everton set-up that they had. I don't think Brentford's going to be much easier either. So... Um, it would, I think, maybe somehow trying to get Eddie to perhaps help out on that side would be beneficial. He did... um, Eddie has played on the wide... Played uh, common as a sub a few times on... um, Is it mainly on the right-hand side? Am I correct in saying that? Or does he come on the left?
0: The left. Because I've seen him... He has... Yeah, he's come on the left-hand side. Yeah, the left. I mean, never, never particularly convincingly, I have to say, it doesn't ever look good he, when he's out he, there.
1: He, but he can, he can have his moments, right? Because I think, bar- barring that miss that he did, do you remember Everton last year? Yeah, on. he had that glaring yeah. miss. But he actually was quite impressive when he came on as a sub and he was playing on the left. So I think he does have his moments where he can have an impact. So perhaps having him drift a little bit more, to help out and make that left hand side a little bit more have a bit more of an impact could could help. Zinchenko um, obviously, as we know, tends to drift into the midfield, um, so sometimes you don't have that overlap as much as you might have on the right hand side with Ben White. That's all I can I could probably think as an alternation, but like I said, I don't. I'm I'm reading it as a one off this moment. That's what I'm reading it as, and I couldn't really judge it until we see a few more of these type of performances, which I hope we don't, um, because it pretty was, was a pretty poor performance in general. Um, the crazy thing is, just going back onto that though, it's kind of remarkable that we had 70% possession. We had 15 shots compared to theirs 12. I mean, you look at that from a stats perspective and you think we were all over them, which we probably were, but Coming out of that game, we're still thinking the other team actually played well is, is, is pretty surreal.
0: Yeah, we. I, I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. We were appalling. We, we had a lot of the ball mm. and never really. Yeah. We, we created two good chances. The Odegaard one that he blasted over and then the one little half chance for Eddie where he did a nice little move in the box and then blazed it. High and wide, and beyond that, we we really didn't have didn't have much, and that's kind of one of the reasons Eddie was was looked so poor in this game. I mean, we've said that the one thing he's got over Jesus is that he'll score more goals. Well, he won't score more goals when we ain't creating anything, and we we really didn't create. It. I mean, of them fifteen shots passed, I, I'm guessing eight of them were from thirty yards in the last ten minutes, and and that was frustrating too because one thing we've been good at all year. Is shooting from outside the box and we didn't seem to want to do it until it got way, way late. Um, but yeah, this this was the first time this year other than Leeds, where I feel like we lost the midfield battle. Um mm-hmm. I, I think that the the three Everton had in there, they won. It's as simple as that. And and I think yeah. Xhaka was off. There's no doubt about it. He he wasn't good. Um, I thought Partey had his worst game of the season. I thought Partey was abysmal. And I think that's a big part of why Martinelli and Saka couldn't get going because he didn't ever seem to be able to get his head up and get the ball out to him quick enough. It slowed down in that middle. And part of that was that Everton flooded that middle. Um, You know, because the two wide players, McNeil and Iwobi, they tucked in as well. So that central area ended up so congested. And it meant when we, we didn't turn the ball over high enough, they didn't come at us enough for us to turn it over. Do you know what I mean? Like they'd get the ball at the back and it was a straight ball to Calvert Lewin every time. They they didn't give us any chance to win it in there. Um, just that, that midfield area that do you agree? You think that's where we, where we got killed?
2: I do. Yeah. I mean, even just, you know, looking at the lineup, I mean, they had, three central midfielders that all skew more defensively you know not really any attacking mid in there and and then like you said you know you had your two wide players tucking in I mean add in Jaka, you know not having the best game and I think uh you know Partey's still feeling that uh that rib injury and I I hope that's why he came off a little earlier because I I don't think uh Arteta pulls him if at that point in time if there wasn't something more wrong with him but
0: no, I mean uh, he come off he come off just before the hour, didn't he? I mean it was yeah. it was early
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, so let's let's touch on that real quick because that if that is a problem i mean I don't know him personally, but from everything we've seen, he doesn't seem like a guy that handles pain well. I think he's got an incredibly low pain threshold you've seen it when he's walked off the pitch when there's been a counter attack you've seen it he he's done that He's done it twice he did it against Thursday, and then he did it another time as well, and i can't remember when it was. Um, he he doesn't come back quickly from injuries. It just seems to me like he's one of them guys that's got a pretty low pain tolerance. Um, So hopefully this, this isn't bad. Um, Do you, do you think he's going to be back for Brentford?
2: You ever had like a, like a a real high impact on the ribs? It's kind of a weird thing because it, you know, it, it doesn't, um, you know it doesn't like keep you out necessarily for any length of time but man it hurts you can't laugh you can't sneeze you know um I uh I think it's going to be one of those things where we'll probably see him start or come in every game I don't think he's going to be out for any extended period of time but I doubt he goes a full 90 for for a little while um and I I do I do kind of have to agree I mean it does kind of seem like he has a low pain tolerance uh I've been, I, I love the player, you know, he's obviously, you know, really good, probably our most important player, but man, I, I've been really disappointed, like you said, seeing him, you know, limp off the field on a counter-attack and twice, and there's just been a few things like that, that I, I do kind of question his, um. you know, not fortitude's not the right word, but you know, his, his uh pretty much all bets are off when he's carrying something, aren't they?
0: Yeah. It is. Um, pass, the goal when it came was from a back post corner. Did you notice that they'd hit about six of them? Um, we actually dealt with most of them pretty well. Saliba had dealt with them all, but this was the one they got right blocking Saliba off and then left Odegaard with Tarkovsky. Um, but did you notice they'd tried that corner routine again and again?
1: Yeah, 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 they had. Um, it's very Sean Dyche, isn't it? It's very Burnley. The goal was very Burnley, wasn't it? It was uh, McNeil to Tarkovsky. Um, yep. And the whole approach. So, yeah, I did notice that. And it was, you know, a ploy of his. It, you, you would always expect a Sean Dice team to be relying on set plays to cause the most damage. I was impressed with how Saliba dealt with it. But, uh, yeah, that one time he got blocked, it um, was left Odegaard, uh, that, that left Odegaard exposed. And I just didn't think he had much of a chance against uh, Tark- Tarkovsky in that position. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a tactic throughout the whole game. Um and that probably is um, indicative of the uh, stats showing the possession being so low because that was really what their game plan was, um, was to really bog us down in midfield but also hit us with set plays and cause the most disruption in the box. Um, and they did have quite a few opportunities uh, for for a team with such lack of possession, but there were some quite good openings, headers, and um, I think Calvert-Lewin had one. I think... Um, there was yeah, one then where, uh, missed
0: the one on the edge of 6-yard box yeah, when he it was the here. I think,
1: I think Onana got went his toe on another one. Yeah, yeah. So they did have some openings. Um, And, um, yeah, it was one of those games that you just really, as much as we have to talk about it, you really don't want to remember it and you hope you will never, ever remember it ever again. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely wasn't a memorable game. <laughs> um, I think, to be honest with you, I think the only
0: other thing worth... Even mentioning here, um, was what I thought was a, a nailed on penalty. Um, I've got to be honest, yeah, I think Gabriel was fouled. I don't understand how it wasn't given. I thought he was pulled and tripped at the same time. Um, just did you have uh, have you seen it back? Have you had a good view of it?
2: I have, yeah, I've seen it a few times. Um, I guess what the, the reasoning was that Gabriel initiated contact. Um, I don't really, I mean it really looks like he gets a foot thrown out in front of him and shoved over that extended leg, you know? Um, so I don't really see how it's, how it's not a pen. And I also don't buy the excuse that, you know, Gabriel initiated contact, but.
0: No, it was, it was very strange, And know, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and blame the referee because let's be honest, we, we deserve nothing. We got exactly what, what we deserved out of that game. So I'm not going to sit here and blame the ref, but I I definitely think that, that was a penalty and I I just I, I can't fathom why it wasn't given. Um but um, like I said
1: I, I, I was gonna s was gonna say, Gav that just by the mere notion that Mopai is a crafty cunt, you would have thought yeah. he would have given the penalty just by that alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he's I can't I just can't stand that guy. Uh, he's he,
1: such a d he's such a dislikable person, isn't well, he? Brings, he, is he brings everything nothing. about him. Like, and I, I don't awful. understand how he's, he's a awful, Premier League he's, He's terrible. He is just, apparently he's been stinking the place up for Everton as a. Uh, well, Brighton has made so another great that? sale. Another great sale from Brighton. He's stinking the place. And he's just an, a horrible human being. He's like akin to, um, what's his name? Bruno Fernandes in terms of just how dislikeable and yep. punchable that face is.
0: He's just, he's just out there to annoy people. That is all he's there for. He brings nothing else to the game other than yep. that. Mm. So, anyway, I think so like I said, I think that's the game done to be quite honest there's really not much else to talk about in terms of the game it was a It was a bad performance by us. We move on, it angered me severely. I was incredibly angry, but full time i just i I couldn't believe it it reminded me a lot of uh, of Newcastle last year i said I said to you, Paz that it just that was my my worry is that it did look yeah. like that newcastle game what um, why
1: did it why did it bug you so much because I think for me. I, I get it, and I, I'm we're all Arsenal fans. We all know and we've seen these games so many times. But I think I I I wasn't as I was very disappointed in the performance, no doubt about that. But I wasn't as <clears throat> downbeat, even though City hadn't played at that point. I wasn't as downbeat as I usually would be. And I, I think it was because I tried to compartmentalize. It was that one game. I don't think we've had games like that this season. Um, and the only I just comparable one
0: was, was uh, the only comparable one was Leeds, really. Um, when we come away with a win, but we got
1: yeah, we probably South got patted off the pitch we more
0: by Leeds. But see, Leeds played better mm. than and, and the thing that mm. the thing that got me, the reason I was so angry, is because I think we got outworked, and I don't think there's an excuse for that um we had a lot of players having an off day at the at the same time that's for sure but I thought we got I thought there were a couple of players out there that almost mailed it in um and that's really and we haven't seen that at all this season even that Leeds game we got overran at Leeds but we didn't ever give up and I thought ever and I thought we gave up and I we have we've we've hit a lot of late goals this season And I think we've all said before that we felt they were coming. Even the United game, we were all pretty confident that that goal was coming. I never thought we were getting a goal here. I think we we could have played for another week and not scored. And and that's really what that's really what got me. Um, but I, I think what with with Man City then going and, and losing on on Sunday, and I didn't expect that. I really didn't expect that result. But it got me thinking that I said before. I got a big board with 17 W's on it and every time we win one or they fail to win I scrub one off because that's one less win we need and this weekend we ended up going down to needing 16 wins from 17 wins even though we got beat and I just I think right now I'm kind of starting to get to the point where I'm looking at the weekends as a whole rather than just our games Um, I I think it would have been it would have if they had have won, they would have come to the Emirates, whatever happens in between. Um they they probably would have come to the Emirates with a chance to go top. And I mm. do worry that if they had have got there and they had have got top, even though we had the game in hand, I'm not sure we would have got it back. That's really why I was why I was so angry with it. But like I said, now I think we're looking at these weekends as a whole. Do you know what I mean? They they we lose, they lose. That's advantage us,
1: really, isn't it? I, I yeah. just think there's, there's, uh, um, oh, sorry, Justin. Um, oh no, Just, ahead, man. just squirrel. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, listen, just, uh, just to add to that, what I do feel, um, it's more a hunch. It's not based on any specific information. I feel there's problems at City, and I think there's, there's issues going on. I, obviously, we know the external issues that are going on. Um, with regards to, um. Uh, the um, the Premier League uh, charges. But I think within the squad, I think there's unrest. I think there's problems. I think, um, you know, you saw that with the Cancelo loan. It's kind of weird to just loan your probably your best uh, fullback um, just like that. There seems to be a problem with Bernardo Silva, I think, about him itching to leave. I think there seems to be A general issue amongst players that were regulars in the team and suddenly have just been ostracized because I'm pretty sure Diaz is not injured. I'm pretty sure. He's not. He's by far their best centre-back for me. He's not playing. Laporte. Yeah. He's playing Ake. He's playing um, Kanji, who's not bad. But, you know, Diaz, for me, he's a great centre-back. Then you've got Laporte who was a constant player in the team. He's got him. Then he's doing these weird formations of putting certain players at right back or left back that aren't usually full backs. I, I just get a sense there's unrest there. Um and I think that just plays into our hands and it, it probably explains a lot of their performance the other day. De Bruyne on the bench the other day. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it it I think there's something going on there. It's just really a lot of it is speculative, but um it just uh, I think that 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 suits us perfectly. Yeah well, there's been whispers really.
0: going around for uh sorry I can't you a second there's been whispers going around for a while that all's not well there um and I don't know if any of you saw this but Phil Foden didn't travel back from Tottenham with the team um the official line is that he wasn't feeling well I mean he traveled down with them and he he was he was there um but then he traveled back on his own so uh, there's definitely there's definitely something going on there you've got all the like you said the external stuff putting the pressure on i think they're adjusting to play with Haaland. guardiola's getting a little bit desperate and trying a million different things he's 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 just desperately trying to make that work he's he seems to have settled on mares every game but he's chopping and changing everywhere else um just you, you
2: had something to add oh no i was actually going to bring up the foden thing that was my next point he he's kind of been dropped uh without explanation as well so uh, yeah i agree with with pause something just seems weird i mean unless it's just you know Pep being Pep and getting in his own head but I mean I I don't see how I mean I think Diaz and and Laporte are clear over Aki and Akanje uh I mean Laporte may be one of the best passing center backs in the league you know I I find the whole thing just just really odd and and he is he's chopping and changing so much uh but I mean you, you can't really complain I mean it looks like it's it's shaking out okay for us so far but I do think something's going on uh internally
0: yeah i think he's i just think he's really struggling i i i mean there was i actually did say in the summer i thought holland's going to score goals he scores going to score goals wherever he goes but I, if they'd have got harry kane they would be a very very different team to this that would have been mm. a great fit i don't think holland's a fit there and i'm not saying he can't be but right now for what they've done he's not a fit there and i think it's he's desperately desperately chopping and changing trying to figure out i mean they play with 10 men when, you know, they, they play with 10 men. They play with 10 men and someone who bangs in a goal or two. And mm-hmm. if you get games where he doesn't score, you're in all sorts of trouble because you are playing with 10 men the entire game. Because he just... It, we said it last, last week that he it, it just brings nothing to the team outside of the box. And and, and I don't see that changing. I, I don't think he's all of a sudden going to develop these Harry Kane-like skills where he's going to be linking up play and bringing others in. So you've got to try and find something else, and and Pep just doesn't seem to be seem to be able to find it at the minute. So I I, I don't know, but we obviously we we need to focus on what we're gonna what we're gonna do as well. We've we've really got yeah. to, got to start firing because this is a this is a couple of games now where we we struggled to find a breakthrough against Newcastle. We struggled again against Everton. We struggled in the cup against Man City. A bit of a changed team. Um, I've seen a couple of people say that uh, that Martinelli or, or Saka are tired. Man, I, I cannot stand this argument. I really can't. They've been playing once a week. Half of them had last week off anyway.
1: I mean, it's just that, to me, if they're tired
0: now, what are they going to be like at the start
1: of May? But do you think the argument with Saka is World Cup as well? Because it doesn't just necessarily mean the games he yeah. just had. It could also mean just the whole season in general. Because this is a guy that has... I don't. I don't know how many games. I think he mentioned it actually, but he's played a ridiculous amount of consecutive games. I think it's fifty-seven straight or something I mean, like that. Yeah, it's that's pretty mm. mental, isn't it? When you think it about is. it, and you know, considering there are many other players in that team that get rested a lot more than him, I can kind of understand the Saka argument, even for England. But I mean, he's he was very excellent rarely... against Man United, and no one comes out after that and
0: says he's tired. No, that's true. I think this was just a, a bad day. I, I really do. No. I think it was just a bad it, day. Um, mm. and I, I, the tired thing, I just can't buy it. I just can't buy it at least 20, 22, 23-year-old guys are struggling with one game a week. Um, if anything, I think the decision to rest them against Manchester City might play a bigger part because you've then disrupted the momentum and now you've got two weeks off. I, I didn't. This is one of the reasons I didn't see any reason at all to actually have any rotation against City in the Cup. But there you go. I mean well, I, we have
1: three games. We have three games coming up now, Gaff We've, yeah, got, we we've, do. Got, we've got a midweek game now, then the and the midweek and then the weekend.
0: Yeah, and then it's gonna and then you know and the Europa League starts again. Is it is it March? Early no.
1: March it starts March sixth so yeah. you
0: know and they've just thrown the Everton the rescheduled Everton game in on, on, mm. on March first. The games are coming, but they haven't been mm. in we are not in that in that period. Everyone's getting plenty of rest. And Touchwood We've basically had no injuries all season other than Jesus and a little bit of Zinchenko. Other than that, we've been incredibly lucky um with injuries. And, you know, long may it continue. And let's be fair, the team that wins the league generally does have good luck with injuries. Um, but I just I don't know, I just don't buy the don't buy that. Um so a couple of players who's Form is a little bit worrying. I think we can all pretty much pass party off this week because it was just, you know, maybe his ribs were hurting. It was a bad game, whatever. But I am a little bit worried about the form of Ben White. Um, I think he's had a few bad games in a row, and he was very, very unsteady in possession uh, at the weekend, which is not like him at all. And it's not the first time recently. And I think that played a part. He didn't get the ball to Saka early enough. Um, just you, you see that as being a bit of a worry.
2: I do, yeah. I mean, if you were to tell me he was he was sick or carrying an injury or something like that, I mean, I I'd believe it a hundred. But that's
0: exactly what we said after United.
2: Yeah. Um. So I I do think it's a concern. I mean, one thing I think that's um you know hopeful is that I would say out of uh, our entire eleven, you know, at least right backs, the one that we probably have the, I mean, some may even consider it a lateral move. You know, Tomiatsu coming in for for Ben White. Um. They kind of bring a little bit of of differences in strength, but you know, they can both kind of tuck in. And, and I mean, I think uh, I haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen Tommy consistently now, but I mean, I think he does tend to overlap a little bit more than Ben White, if I'm remembering correctly from last year. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about that considering we can always bring him in. I did want to ask though, what do you think about, Oh, well, go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to get off on a tangent.
0: Okay. No, I was just going to say, just cause we haven't got much time left in the first half. So I was just going to say pass, um, The subs that he made, I thought, were an an absolute disaster. Um, And this year, we haven't had to change it off the bench too much. But it's been a theme from Mikel's time that the substitutions haven't been good. Um, How did you read those?
1: Yeah, they had no impact. Hardly no impact at all. I mean, um, I I, I kind of don't want to go hard on Jorginho. I don't think he was horrendous or did anything particularly. It was a bit of bad luck that as soon as he came on we scored. Um but um I don't think his overall, overall play was anything notably different from everyone else, which was pretty average. Um but um in terms of the real impact, I think Trossard didn't really add too much. He had a few shots here and there. Um, were you a bit concerned that he just went
0: like for like like it was literally party off Jorginho on Martinelli off Trossard on and then really late doors he brought off Odegaard for Vieira which I will never understand as long as I The Odegaard
1: was the weird one I think that was the most I I was surprised party was so early but as Justin has mentioned and you've mentioned it that could be just the injury or, or them preserving him um and he loves Jorginho for uh, for some apparent reason um but uh, Trossard um I could kind of understand because Martinelli's impact has been on, on and off um but Odegaard was a weird one I I just think if there's anyone that can you know change a game um that's who it is even if he's not having a good one yeah. and I think Vieira is still raw for me and I think he looks pretty weak on the ball and you're playing a very robust team strong team I just don't know if that's really gonna help you. And it showed it didn't really help much at all. Yeah. Um so yeah, there were I, I they didn't really provide much impact, but I, I think for sure the Odegaard one was a very strange one for me.
0: Yeah, it was it was strange. All right, well let's knock uh, the first off on the head there. Um we'll come back in the second half and uh we'll turn our attentions forward, look to look to Brentford and, and we'll have a little chat about what's been going on at Man City off the pitch as well, because I think that's uh that's a big interest to everybody. So um, I will see you guys after the break. Welcome back to part two of the non negotiable podcast. Um, let's get stuck into this weekend coming up. Um, I said that I'm thinking of things in terms of the whole weekend, and that's uh, that's exactly how we're going to look at this. So, for Brentford, let's start with um. Do you see any changes passed to that starting lineup? Do you think we're going to go with the normal lineup, or can you see a bit of rotation before Man City, or can you even see Tommy Asu coming in for Ben White or Trossard coming in for Martinelli?
1: Yeah, uh, those are the only two I could see changes made. Um, I, I wouldn't think Party unless he's injured, comes in. Um, of course, the uh, Saka. Uh, There's no one who would ever come close to competing with him at the moment. Um, Yeah, I I would think, I think Tommy Yass is very likely for me. Um, He's, um, I I don't think he's done anything wrong when he's come on. In fact, he's, the Man United game, I thought it was excellent. Uh, I I personally would give him a go. Uh, I think it's, uh, as much as Ben White has been really good this season, I think if you're going through a little bit of a iffy spell, it makes sense to bring on... um, someone who is actually impressed. Uh, So I would think that is the more likely um, thing to happen, but it's very possible that Trossard as well comes in for Martinelli, who has also not been at his best for a while.
0: Just um, let me get your thoughts on the starting 11 as well. And do you think with City coming up on the Wednesday that it might be more important just to throw the 11 that we're going to play against City out there um, and say, go for it, go and, Go and get it. Um, and if Tommy Asu does come in for White, do you think it's likely he keeps his place on, on Wednesday for City?
2: So I think it's really important that we bounce back from the Everton loss. I would go full strength. Of uh, I think it'd be kind of crazy to rotate too heavily. I, I agree 100% with, with what Paz said. I could really only see Tommy coming in for Ben White and Trostard coming in for Martinelli. Um, I think if we do any more than that, you know, it's, it's us not taking them too seriously or prioritizing the city result where we really need to get three points here as well and bounce back. Um, you know, the next game is always going to be the most important game. As far as, uh, Tommy Yasu and Ben White, I, I mean, I, I think it's a good call to go ahead and, and give him a, maybe a, a small run and see how he does. Like we discussed earlier, I think Ben White's been a little little off it and uh, Tommy's not really put a foot wrong. Um, you know, we actually have some quality depth now. We might as well use it. And personally, I, I would, I'd probably sit Martinelli for a game or two, um, whether he's tired, whether he's just out of form, whether he's missing Jesus, the the end product's just not been there. And I, I think uh, Trosar deserves to get maybe a, a game from the start and see how he does. Yeah. I think I'd be
0: tempted to bring in Tommy Asu. For sure. And and I think if you bring him in and he does well, I think he has to stay for the yeah. city. I, I just, I don't think you can go, you can go back. Um, I, I think that's the one I would say. I personally wouldn't be dropping Martinelli for, for Trossard. Um, like I said, for me, the fact that we've got City on the Wednesday and we've just come off of that game at Everton, for me, that does impact it. I, I would go absolutely full strength, which is the argument for keeping Ben White in there. Um, but I would be if it was me. I would be looking to play the eleven against Brentford that are going to play against Man City. So I, that's that's the way I would I would look at it. So I wouldn't play Trossard. I, I would play Tomiyasu, but that would be with a view to Tomiyasu playing well and, and starting against against Man City. Um, so we are playing first again, and we this is one thing we didn't touch on with the Everton game um, is that I can't remember since we've really been kind of in a title race. I don't remember us playing before Man City much. We seem to always be responding to whatever they do. Um we're in a situation again this weekend where we're the ones we're the ones playing first. And and I think Judge, you're absolutely right. We have to win this game. We've got to throw a throw a marker down and put the pressure on, but but Paz, it's I don't know. I guess you can't really say Villa have got no chance at City, right? Not with the way they're playing. No, no. Um
1: you know, uh, Emery, we we know him well. Um, it's always uh, can prove difficult. Um, whoever he's managing can be a difficult opponent. I think Villa is kind of the perfect type of club for him, uh, akin to you know Villarreal in in Spain. And I think he um, he has a, he has a knack for setting them up well for those particular games. Um, and um, and when his team goes to when when the other team goes to 10 men as well he has a particular knack of setting up his his uh his team to be uh overly defensive and robust um but um he um i think he'll be um i i don't think that's going to be easy at all for city um so i i want us just to win that game get it out of the way have those points um because we have those games in hand and I always get apprehensive with that. I just want the point sometimes. Um, also, just to put Man United out of the equation for good, so they're not in this conversation, because I I think we all agree that they're they're not really, but points would suggest that you still should mention them. I think that would just put it to bed, because we've got, I think, two games in hand on them, and then we're, we're already clear of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, it's a must-win. I, I I'm not even thinking of a draw. I don't want us to look at it as a draw, and I think Villa could cause a surprise, but at least if you've got those points in the back, that's all a bonus.
0: Yeah, that that would be fantastic. And Emmy Martinez going there as well. You know he likes the cameras on him. So uh live yeah. on TV, Emmy's gonna be gonna be loving that. And uh, I haven't Do you think he'll blame United Mikel?
1: If, if do you think he'll blame Arsenal if they lose? Oh them?
0: absolutely, it'll definitely be Arsenal's fault, there's no, there's no doubt about it. No doubt
1: about <laughs> it. But
0: yeah, I, I haven't mentioned Manchester United. They they drew release tonight. Um they were kind of lucky really to come back and withdraw. I I haven't mentioned them because I don't think they I don't think they're in it. They're mm-hmm. they're a long way back um and if you think the title if you think the title is going to be 85 or 80, 88 points they've got 16 games left. They've pretty much got to win 15 or 16 out of 16. Oh. And it, it's just not going to happen and, and I think if we if we don't get to 82, 83, 84 points at this point. We ain't winning the league anyway. It, it just don't matter what United do. I just, I don't see United as as being. I, I personally, I think United will drop points Sunday again as well. Um, but yeah, you, you are right though. I mean, you always want to put that now in the coffin, right, and just and just get them way out of it, completely out of conversation. But yeah, I, I mean, I haven't brought them up because I just don't, I just don't think they're in a they're in a title race. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 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 should be more busy looking over their shoulder. Because um, there's a club sitting in fifth that I would rather stay there, so so uh, that, that they you know they should really be looking over their shoulder that way rather than worrying about what's in front of them. Um, so, how do you see? I, I think that this the the chalk on the boots thing for the wide players that we talked about earlier. I I don't think we're going to see that again against Brentford. I, I think you're going to see both of them coming in field much more like normal. How do you, uh, Jaz? How do you see this game? this game playing out tactics wise?
2: I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, Maybe I just have, uh, you know, bad memories, negative memories of uh, going to Brentford on the opening day of last season. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're an organized team. I think they've uh, they usually play what two up top. I believe that's what they've been doing a lot. Which
0: yeah. is, not- is, is is Tony fit? I don't know he he was injured. I don't know if he's fit, but usually it's some and and Tony up front, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it- Tony played the last game. He did. Yeah, he, yeah. he did. I'm so looking at right 4-4-2. Now.
2: Yeah, and you know that's something uh, we don't really come up against that much anymore. Um, so you know, it would be curious to see you know how the lads do and how how they they come across. But really, you know, for me, it's just like I said, we've hit on three or four times tonight. It, we've really got to bounce back. Um. So frankly, I mean, I, I don't, I don't care how they play. I mean, we've got the talent to beat them. We, we need to get it done. I think, um, we're at home as well. I expect the the crowd's going to be right up for it. Um, one thing I've noticed, uh, with the crowd, especially is, you know, anytime, like, you know, if there's been like an own goal or a, or a mistake for a goal instead of, uh, you know, jeers or anything, the crowds, you know, gotten hyped and really kind of brought the guys back. Um, so I'm I'm fully expecting that after the poor result with Everton last week too.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really glad this game is at home. Really yeah. glad we're not going away because yeah. like you said we we do have to win this game. You've got to get you've got to bounce back. Um and if we were away I would be feeling a lot worse about this. I'm I'm actually really confident I I can see us really going out there and turning it on on Saturday. Um just because I think there's been I think you have to and I think the result on on Sunday the city result is definitely going to going to buoy us. I think the 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 players that who would have been incredibly down after that event. They know they, they haven't played well. It's not just us seeing this. Um that they, they know they didn't they know they didn't perform. Um and I think that that performance on that performance by Man City on Sunday which was as poor really as, as we were at Everth. um and I think that's going to have you know to 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 drop that stinker that we did. And have it not cost you? That is a that is a relief, and I, I think we we have to bounce back and win. And I I do think we will. But it, it is important, right, past to be at home because we are we're a different we're a different animal at home. It, it's very difficult for anybody coming to the Emirates right now.
1: Yeah, it really is. We we've been excellent at home. Um, I think also Justin mentioned it about the fans as well. There's been something different about the atmosphere at the Emirates um a real that you know as cliche it sounds but that 12th man and and all that but just the way we've been playing um I think we've uh we've shown a massive consistency at home it just shows I think our two defeat all both defeats were away I think we only had one draw right that yeah, was Newcastle. Newcastle yep and all the rest were wins so we played Liverpool there we played United there uh, Ch- uh Chelsea we played away actually but um um, we played, you know, uh, some top clubs there, and we beaten them um, without any major issues and impressed. So I, I, I'm really happy. You're right. I'm happy. Our next two games are at home, so City is going to be at home as well. So I, I, I think as much as every week is proving to be pivotal, this is going to be a real big test for us to see where we're at because well, it's, after it's, that defeat, it's massive. You, know, you look at
0: these two hmm. games together, Brentford and then and then Man City. There, there's yeah. a chance we can come out of this in amazing shape. Absolutely amazing shape. All, all we can do is win our two games. What happens with City Villa happens? But we could, you know, if we win our two games, worst case scenario, we're eight points ahead with a game in hand. And that yeah. is yeah. that that is that is amazing.
1: Um, with, with some tough away games coming up, you know, we can't... Yeah, we need eight Liverpool... points on the board. Yeah, we need to we got to take those. We got to take those home games. That they're, they're imperative. Mm-hmm. The away that was games... one of the big things coming
0: back from the World Cup, right? When we looked at it, mm. is that out of the games that were left, we had eleven at home and Man City had yeah. nine, nine at home, and that was one of the big things that really give us some hope that we could get this done.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I agree, and um, you know our away games, and uh, you know we beaten we played Spurs twice, which is great. We've done United twice um so you know liverpool is the one i'm looking at newcastle uh, and city um those three but you know villa is not going to be easy either and there's there's a few little games in there that are going to prove difficult so we just got to take these home games and city are there for the taking i honestly believe that i yeah. do not it, feel there should be any reason we should be fearful of them
0: and it all ramps up at this time of the season too. And, and Brentford are one of the teams probably with a little bit less to play for, I would say, because they're, they're, you know, they're comfortably mm. in mid table there. They're not getting sucked into a relegation battle. They're probably not looking at a Europa. I mean, maybe they're looking at the Europa Conference League, maybe finishing above Chelsea, thing, but they're not fighting for their lives the way Everton are. Um,
2: no, looking at the table right now, though, they're one of the form teams in the league. They have four, yeah. four wins mm. and a draw in their last five. Yeah. The,
0: yeah, the, the yeah. best
2: uh recent record in the league right now. I think aren't they? And, I
0: think they're six six wins and four draws in the last ten or something. They're, they're they are on form.
2: Yep.
1: And in some respects, that makes them more dangerous because they don't really have anything to lose. You know, they can go into that game knowing that if they lose, okay, it's expected. uh If not, it's all a bonus. And I think that puts more pressure on us as a team, especially after the defeat we had. So it's going to be a big test of where we're at, for sure. Um, I I. I I still think they're a they're a dangerous thing. A dangerous team. I know you're not you're kind of ambivalent with Tony, Gav, but I, I think he's he can cause us a lot of problems and Buomo. Let's hope you've got a tenner <laughs> on it. Because that, yeah. that when are good. they gonna when are they gonna bring those charges to the have, forefront? Because he keeps no on appearing idea. every week. Yeah, I have, <laughs> Maybe. I have no idea he keeps yeah, that's a weird one. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um but hey, it'll be um it, it it will be a really big test for us. I, I think we'll come through, but um but it it's definitely one of those where we gotta get straight back into it now. That Everton game is long gone.
0: Yep. Yeah. So before we um get into the uh, get into the off the field Man City cheating stuff. Um, just a, a quick one um, about the new artwork on the stadium um, I take it we've all seen the the pitch of everything going up and it it really does look awesome um, I mean even the, there were two bits on there that I wasn't sure about when I saw the renderings um, one of them was the 1886 forward piece and the other one was the supporters group the scarves and logos ones um, but I've got to say now they're up Every single one of them looks fantastic. And that supporters logo one, um, it looks absolutely brilliant. It 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 really does. Um, Jazz, you, you've seen all these pictures. How good does that look?
2: I have. Yeah, it looks great. It looks great. The, the Emirates was was due for a refresh, and I, I, I really like what they did. Uh, a lot of uh, history and community integration. And I think, um, you, you know, from, from – I'm not sure if we get anything, you know, tangible out of it but i mean i can't help but think you know uh supporters are are gonna show up and and see that kind of stuff and see how uh arsenal is recognizing all these fan bases even internationally you know not just locally and uh just even be you know all the more jazzed up for it
0: yeah i mean the fans had a big input into all that artwork as well um and i think it it really shows what's uh what's your favorite bit Paz out of all of them is it the uh the invincibles and the, uh, the ladies team one, or is it the one with the cannons with, with Rocky and righty on it?
1: Yeah. I'm a bit old school, Gav, you know me. Yeah. yeah I already know the answer. Road. I'm just giving you a yeah, chance. Yeah. I mean, even, even <laughs> the shirt I've got on now has got Rowcastle seven on the back. So there's your hint. Um, yeah, that I'm more on that level, you know, because that kind of brings you back to, and I'm sure you would agree with this, but brings us back to Highbury and, uh, those years and and everything, but um, and I, we have I, to I,
0: give a mention to the uh, Highbury facade one too. Past, uh, does that make you feel? Yeah, that that, that, that was those. really classy. Yeah,
1: really classy. And I think what I, I you have to give credit to whoever. Do you know who was behind these designs at all? Was it, it the was fans? The, but it who was the fans?
0: Yeah, it was the fans yeah. and the and the club working working together. Um, which, and I, which I think. <laughs>
1: It's excellent. It's really good to see, and I think you know we, we. You have to also take your hat off to Arsenal as a club because Absolutely. involving the fans is 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 the right thing to do, isn't it? You're adding that soul back in. You're saying this is your home as well. Um, but I, I think it's outstanding. I think it's outstanding, and I think it's kind of representative of what we've been feeling this year in particular that we've become a lot closer to the club than we've we have been for many many years especially since this ownership took over so well i think it's the closest wouldn't you say since they took over i think for sure i can't think of a time absolutely um,
0: for a long time
1: yeah so these are just extras that add to that so yeah it's outstanding man
0: yeah, and I, I just want to say as well. I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not an avid watcher of women's football. I, I really don't, I don't watch it at all. But I, I am glad that they put the women's team up there too. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think you know yeah. they're playing more and more games at the Emirates now. That's that's going to be their home too um so i'm i'm glad they got some got some recognition for uh for everything they've done because they've been you know ever since i was a since i was a kid really i mean i'll go back 30 years and i remember arsenal being the the preeminent women's team they against the doncaster doncaster
1: bells doncaster bells doncaster yes. Bells?
0: yeah back in the it's been it's been a, it's been a yeah, long yeah. time um and they're playing more games there now so so kudos to the club for that too i think it's uh, it's important to have that representation up there if they're going to be a bigger part of it going forward then I'm I'm 100. I'm glad to see that I think that was good um mm-hmm. all right let's dig into this man city thing then um i believe it was 112 separate charges that have been brought um going back uh going back 10 years covers everything from under the table payments to managers and players through back channels in abu dhabi uh the fake sponsorships the and then of course they've also lied and not complied with the uh, not complied with the FA the FA about it. So or the Premier League I should say. Um Judge, you're
2: reading of this first of all, I don't think anything in there's a surprise, is it? Uh, no, absolutely not. In fact it, it feels like one of those um uh like an open secret, you know, I think everybody knew they weren't completely legitimate and you know, it it just felt like I, I don't know, maybe they're, everybody felt like, you know, they're, they're so wealthy. They were kind of untouchable, but I don't think anybody thought that, you know, everything they were doing was above board, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I've said for years, I don't count anything they've won or Chelsea have won as actual trophies. I just Mm. disregard them. I I just don't, none of them are are legitimate. Um, in the case of this one pass it's the Premier League that have brought the charges against them. The Premier League work for its member clubs, so in essence, really, it's the twenty clubs of the Premier League that have brought these charges um back in two thousand and twelve Arsenal Manchester United, Liverpool, and Tottenham wrote to the f a the letter was actually published on on was published on Twitter last week um They wrote and asked that that the Premier League look into this um I don't see the clubs really willing to take their foot off their off their neck here, do you?
1: No, I, I don't. And it, it's, it, I think Justin used the right terminology, being a you know an open secret. Because do you remember that Etihad deal that they did? And I remember, I think we spoke about that. The biggest in it was
0: football one... because everyone needs to sponsor a, a club that were in the, in League One five years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like an astronomical amount of money. And there were rumours at the time, again, you know, none of this is official, but there were rumours that there was connections with Etihad, with the owners had a connection with the Etihad. And therefore that sponsorship was so unrealistic, the amount of money, because I think part of it is in over-inflating sponsorships, isn't it? Yeah. A so, big part of it is. Yeah. So that was, I remember when that happened and at that point, I can't remember the year and I I but it wasn't it it was I think about maybe 5 6 years ago so you know city had really they started kicking off was it 2012 I think that's when they started to really yeah. you know um so we're not talking a long time into that new ownership so it just did not sit well with a lot of people because it was like it was an astronomical amount of sponsorship money for a team that only just started to become known um and that that's just a small example but of many that they have but um yeah it's um i i, I think this is going to be i i heard martin Ziegler actually from the times speaking about it, and he said that 50 of those charges come to fruition approved that's grounds for elimination out of the premier league just 50 of them so they're serious and there's no arbitration is there there's no um they can't take it to the court of arbitration is that correct yeah
0: that's That's correct correct. so it's a independent panel that's being set up the independent panel will publish their findings um the premier league will then act on the findings and then either side have the uh, ability to appeal the findings but if they do that it just goes back to the panel again it doesn't go to the (laughs) cas or anything like that this is purely the premier league
1: Right, and and I think, uh, and and you, you guys know this a bit more. I know you're really clued up on the financial sides of this, but I know with the UEFA charges, it was a technicality that they got they got off, isn't it? In the it was uh, basically court. the
0: statute of limitations. Um, their lawyers mm-hmm. prolonged it and and hung it out so long that by the time it got in front of the CAS. Um, The statute of limitations had expired. That's right. That isn't possible this time. There is no statute of limitations on these charges um, and there is no CAS. So, you know, Man City are saying that they've complied. Um, I think we all know that that's not true. I I don't think anyone believes that for a second. They clearly haven't complied. Um, There are emails that have been published between the owners and different Apparent sponsors that they've had, where it tells them how much they want to put on the books, and the money yep. all coming from their owners, all coming from either—I mean, it's there in black and white. It's these these charges are not ones that they can actually fight with any on any ethical or legal grounds. And that's the interesting mm. bit. I, you know, with the they didn't try to fight the UEFA charges. Really, what they did was they tried to delay it, delay it, delay it, and win on a technicality. That's not possible here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not saying they're going to be expelled from the league. I don't know if they're going to get dot points. I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I do think something is going to happen, and I don't. I just don't see that that you can defend the indefensible with this. Just do you have you got a um, have you got any insight into this?
2: Well, I spent a little bit of time this morning reading some of those leaked emails. Um, I would say. <sighs> None of it is out and out damning, but I think most of them imply some pretty serious guilt. Um, you know, one I've got in front of me right now, uh correspondence between um Andrew Widowson and Simon Pierce from uh I believe he's from the Etihad. Like I said though, this is just a Twitter thread that I'm that I'm reading this off, off of. But it literally says we need to be cleaner than this when we make a mistake like this, we need to clean it immediately, otherwise we will complicate things down the line and make my life difficult i mean and, and i mean there's there's a bunch of them on here like that. I don't know Have you seen this these emails this morning
0: um yeah i've seen I've seen a few of them. I saw the one that was uh with a couple of different sponsors where uh, the owner was saying how much that they needed. So one was, we yep. need twenty million from you, thirty million from you, and it was basically saying in the email where the funding was coming from, and it was yep. all coming from them. And it's you know you can't you can't ignore that. There's 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 just no way to argue against it. Which is the interesting part. All those charges, I just don't see how they can wriggle out of them. Um, if there are no technicalities, they've got great lawyers and that's fine, but this isn't a court case. Right. This is the Premier League and this is an independent panel. The independent panel are not going to be talking to Man City's lawyers, they're just going to be looking at the facts in this case.
2: Yep.
0: Um, and the interesting thing here, a lot of people have said, Oh, well, now do Chelsea. The problem is, is that these laws were brought in to stop things like happened at Chelsea happening. So it had already happened. The Chelsea spending stuff had already happened. By the time these laws come in, Chelsea were selling players like De Bruyne and Salah for big money. And that's how they were getting around the FFP. So they'd already done their bit of this. Man City come in with these rules in place and just broke them. So really, pass when you think about it, Man City have done what Chelsea did while there's laws against it or rules against it, which there weren't when Chelsea did it. But they've also added fraud and deception to it, right? Because they've tried to cheat their way around the rules that were put in place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um it's uh, it, it it the it's it's also that there's also beyond 2018 as well, right? Aren't they? Uh, these charges were up to 2018. That's right. If they, I read something they about haven't
0: them. stopped the investigation. They're just yeah. bringing these charges right now.
1: Yeah. it 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 all looks it I mean listen, nothing is proven until, you know, there's a decision, but it all looks very very suspect doesn't it and it and it is something that i think not only clubs have talked about from the premier league but also fans we've always said it's just so ridiculous how this team which we all remember were battling in division 1 and they were a yo-yo club they were you know and, and nothing particularly special very much it, like chelsea won
0: nothing since the the no. 60s i think so it's no.
1: you know it, it's it's
0: crazy and and I've seen people on uh, defend it on on Twitter Man City fans, well it, it's not a result of that. Of course it is. If, if, it if, is. If, it if, is. If if, if yeah, I would look at the time
1: Man City would be what Man City have always been. And look at the time span. Look at what they're investigating. It's exactly the same time that they've been winning these Premier Leagues and winning yep. the trophies. So it's no coincidence, is it? You see, with Chelsea, I you know I know we always say they they were formed in 2003. But to be fair to them, in some respects, when Ken Bates were there, at least they were winning some FA Cups and, and yeah, Cup Winners cup, Cups. Winners and, cup. Yeah. yeah, they won a few things until they came into the Division One, I, I think, in 1990. Um, so you know, at least they had that. But Man City, I don't remember them winning anything when we no. uh, pre the twenty twelve it uh, era. The so these are the
0: seventies. They won the FA Cup, and that was the last thing mm. they won. Mm. Yeah. So it was a yeah. long time
1: ago. It, do you do you do you feel it's kind of weird though that their spending has suddenly decreased quite considerably? Yeah. I mean, they got Harland, they got Alvarez, but they haven't been on the spending spree that they were, you know, that we were used to seeing like Chelsea have been at this current time. Do you think they might've had a inkling that this was happening? I,
0: I do wonder that. I also wonder if there's a bigger kid on the block now owning Newcastle, um, mm. a bit like a Bramwich spending kind of slowed down when mm-hmm. Man City comes to the fore. Um I wonder if they kind of think it, they don't really want to get in an arms race with them. Um, but yes, I, I had noticed that just so, for let's take the, the the worst case scenario for man city um is expulsion from the Premier League. Yep. in order for that to happen, fifteen clubs have to agree to it, right? You have to assume that Chelsea and Saudi Arabia are both <laughs> going to vote with man City on this like I can't see there's no way that they're going to vote them out, right.
2: I don't know if I agree with that um I think it depends on um how above board Chelsea and Newcastle have been I know you already brought up the point that um you know these rules are kind of in place to to more or less stop what happened with Chelsea but you know Chelsea also kind of got uh, a really deep audit uh last year when they were forcing the Abramovich sale as well and I I feel like something more would have come up if Chelsea was breaking the rules even half as bad as City is. Well, I, d-
0: I, think- I don't think they were because I think their time of doing it was 2003 till 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes you, someone said on Twitter a while ago, well, Man City's net spend over the last four years is only X. Well, of course, because you spent over a billion in yep. the previous five so you've yep. already done it and that's where we're at with chelsea that you know they weren't forensically going over chelsea's books from 2006 for example so chelsea's bit was already done and the laws were brought in because they, look i this is this is the example that i used this morning with somebody in minnesota there's a law that you are not allowed to bring a lion into a movie theater that means that someone did it and it probably didn't end well right correct <laughs> right. but that dude has already took his lion into the cinema and the Lion did whatever the Lion did. So the next person's the one that's going to get in trouble for taking the line into the cinema. And that's exactly what's happened here. Chelsea right. had already done it. They then brought the laws in to stop it, it happening again. And then Man City did it. And to your point about Newcastle and whether they would vote with them, the one thing I will say is that Newcastle haven't gone at this with reckless abandon the way that Chelsea did um, and the way Man City ramped up uh, after a year or two newcastle haven't done that they've been reasonably sensible with their buys now i,
2: I have no, no Citi, doubt city city was too do you remember i mean city did the same thing for they the were first at first. years they they, they were got at a- first. Who they got, uh, they brought in Robinho, but everybody else, Roque, Santa Cruz, uh, yeah. a, a lot of the, you know, they were, they were a lot like Newcastle. Uh, Let's uh, was that years.
0: under this ownership, or was that the Thaksin sinawatra one? I can't remember now because it's kind of a blurred line at that point. But those are those the, those years are before the years that are being investigated. It's that's after. Yeah. It's the stuff after that that's being investigated. So yep. City really ramped it up um and that's kind of what that's kind of what's being investigated but yeah I think I I maybe could see Newcastle voting with that because I mean they at the end of the day it's a sports washing project for sure um you know Man City is and and Newcastle is um but Newcastle haven't gone about it in a way that says we just want to go and throw away billions of pounds the way that Man City did so maybe they maybe they would vote with it, and that is the worst case scenario for man City is that um the only other thing I want to touch on uh Paz we've we've talked about this a few times in a couple of different WhatsApp groups, but if they have to get stripped of titles, um my personal view is that the title should be vacated. I don't believe a title should go to a second place team. I don't think you should award titles to teams that didn't win it. Whether they finished second in a year, someone was cheating or not, it changes too many things. That you know, Man City shouldn't have been there to beat whoever was third or fourth, and it might have come at a point in the season where it's pivotal when you lose momentum. I just personally, and and I do feel bad for Liverpool in particular because they're the ones who have been stung the most. But I just don't believe you can hand out titles for people who who finished second. I, I just I think they have to be vacated. Pass. Where are you on that?
1: uh yeah I, I i would have maybe a different opinion if the judgement was on the same season um so let's say you know it happened in may and man united uh, sorry man united man city had been crowned champions in that may i'd probably be okay with it in that particular season but i don't think so far back you can uh, you can uh, it, it just doesn't make sense i think it's it, it's just un- unfortunately it just goes as uh, they don't take those titles no one does Um, So, yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that one. Um, But, um, yeah, take them all away. (laughs) If they make the judgment that they have cheated, take them all away. I, I just think it's I think we always like you always said that they were kind of irrelevant anyway. So now we could officially see them as literally not there on their history. Um, because um, I think it's it's had such a negative impact on the Premier League in general, and 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 every club within it. Um, I, I just don't have time for it at all.
0: No, I I, I agree with you, and I, you know none of them. It's the old uh, Brian Clough thing, right? Throw oh, your medals in the bin because you won them all by cheating, and and that's exactly. <laughs> I've seen a what's... lot of
1: those memes. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen that, that, a lot exactly... of those memes from yeah. Damned yeah. United.
0: That's exactly what's exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, it was cheating. Yeah. it you was cheated from yeah. the start. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I I've said for I've said forever I would not like Arsenal to be owned by. A nation state. I, I, I never wanted it when all the rumours were, is Cronky going to sell? And I was very much against Cronky, the same as everybody was. Um, but that is not something that I wanted. I don't see how you can possibly take any pleasure or pride in the fact that a nation state has bought your club and he's just throwing money at players. I just, I don't get it. Like none of those trophies are Man City's. They're all Abu Dhabi's. In the same I- way, none of those league titles are Chelsea's all Roman Abramovich's and I just don't see where the pride can can come in that I, I don't get I, it.
1: I've got a question for you and um, you and Justin. Does your perception of the Cronkies, especially this season, has it changed now? Um considering all of this nefarious activities that we're we we're, we're hearing about with other other ownerships, has your perception changed of the Cronkies?
0: In the last couple of years, my, mine has done a complete 180. I mean, an absolute yeah. about face. Um, I joined in with the We Care, the You movement. I hated the Cronkies for the longest time, and not for the reasons a lot of people did. I've never been one of these people that gets too it up on transfers and spend some fucking money and all that stuff. It's never really been my thing. Mm. Um, I didn't like how absent they were. I didn't like the fact that they didn't seem to care very much um all of that stuff was far more important to me than actually buying a few players um but since they took full control of the club i don't think you can i don't think you can argue with what they've done i don't think you can argue that they're not interested um i think putting tim lewis on the board seems to have been a big turning point as well um so for me yes my perception of the cronkies has done a complete 180 and to be quite frank and quite honest i don't know that there's better owners in the premier league just
2: uh yeah, I agree with that. I I feel just about the same way. I didn't, um, I've never really wanted to be a a, a sugar daddy club. My issue with them wasn't so much about the investment. I I like being self sustaining. Um, you know everything that was that was going on. You know in in the the late Vanger era and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I feel completely differently about them. I think uh, Josh getting more involved and the Tim Lewis appointment were two watershed moments for the club, Uh, and I think things have been significantly better by then. I think as a fan base, uh, for the longest time, I just, I wanted them to act like they cared about us, you know, and I I do think we're getting that now, and I, I do like a lot of these changes, that are happening. So yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I, I'd have a hard time naming like a better all around owner in the Premier League right now.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Where are you on that pass? Just, just a minute. Um,
1: Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head about the spend some fucking money that used to always ring around. I think at the time we said something and I remember you saying actually that um, Gavi, that you said it's all very well to spend money, but what are you spending the money on? And the thing is, there was always this thing you'd hear it in the media, oh, Arsenal should buy Arsenal should go in the market and buy someone. Yeah, but who? Who is it? Mustafi? Because as we've seen, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. That <laughs> you, Mustafi, uh Mikatarian, uh, you know, I mean the list is endless about some of the, the signings we've made that just made no sense at all. Um, I think the biggest problem we had was infrastructure. That was the issue I had with the Cronkies. It wasn't so much the money was the infrastructure. We didn't really have, I felt, a stable infrastructure. I mean, you had Gazidis and, you know, uh, I, I think they changed it around considerably. And there's a lot more involvement I can see from Josh. Um, they seem to be making the right decisions and they seem to be spending now in the right way, allocating the money in the right way because the money is there. That's not really the issue. Is who are we targeting? Which player do we need? And, if that is the player that we fits our system they will put the outlay but they won't go into these bidding wars and go to absurd amounts so yeah i've definitely they've definitely grown on me a lot more over the last few years especially now with the project that has been undertaken by arteta and i think again that was a great hire as well yeah, they saw I something
0: i think you're right
1: all right, well let's let's end it there,
0: guys, because we're
1: uh, times about up. So
0: um, mm-hmm. we will catch you next week after Brentford, and we'll we'll preview the Man City game on that. So, all right, well, thanks everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time.